I'm I'm crying. (laughs) I in my own fucking notes, I wrote these books cut fucking deep for kids books, and then wrote yeah, just like Horthbajir blades. Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. I made myself sad with my own notes. to level with you this is a comedy podcast but in case all the swears and less than healthy coping mechanisms aren't clear enough this show isn't for kids listener discretion is advised and regarding the books while animorphs is nominally for children there is some extremely dark and textbook triggering content involved body horror and animal harm are pretty standard but every book is different So for specific content warnings, check the notes of this episode. And you know what? If you have to bow out because of any of this, we understand and we support you. All right. That all said, on with the show. Hi, welcome to Lit Kid Lit, where we gossip about toxic star-crossed lovers while drugging our brains to go to Father Deep. I'm Kara, your resident Animorph historian, and... I'm Nika, the first-time morpher and resident... Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Heavily judgmental zoology enthusiast. (laughs) <laughs> wow well Boy. we're here we're here and we're yep. ready i've been waiting i have been waiting for this book for you how do you feel you... how does it fit is it comfortable is Oof. it close cut so tailored tailor when we <laughs> when we started this whole podcast you said hey nika you're gonna kin with the hork bajir and boy <laughs> did i yeah. uh oof. i felt seen i didn't ask for this uh <laughs> I have rights, and unfortunately, that didn't matter. This book still came for me and tore out my heart and stamped on it. And right as you think, like, okay, okay, the story's done. It's the last page of the episode, like, the whole little, like, literally it's just like a paragraph, and you're just like, well, I'm sobbing. I'm literally sobbing now. I'm destroyed. My... (sighs) Every... I mean, here's the deal. The the amuse-bouche of this meal for Nika's psyche is that the framing device is uh, Tobias visiting the hork Valley, following Jerahami and Ket Halpak's little baby hork as it, like, leaps through the trees, all 1998, soundtrack by Phil Collins' Tarzan style. And- thank you! Thank you! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Yeah, he he fluffs up and sits by the fire, and it's this classic sort of, like, by-the-fire storytelling mm-hmm. thing. It's such a perfect framing device, and then when you cut back to it at the end, you're like, I forgot that this is what was happening. I know. <laughs> also, by the way, they've been, like, freeing more Hork-Bajir, Jerahami, and Ket Halpak. Like, there's a whole oh. colony now, which is, mwah, love so it, happy. need it. Mm-hmm. Like it, love it, gotta have it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I love it. And basically, yeah, so Tobias sits down, listens to them, fluffs his feathers, and uh, Jerahami starts, like, rocking back and forth like he's in a trance as he begins to tell the story. There's three major players to the story. It switches perspectives mm-hmm. from them. It switches from an Andalite, Aldrea. Is that how you pronounce it? That's, uh, yes, that's how uh, I pronounce it. I wrote, I wrote her name down, I believe, Aldrea... Uh, I know her last name is Iskillian like Iskillian Falan. Falan Iskillian. Yeah. Yep. These these goddamn Andalites. And yeah. And then we have a Hork Bajir named Dak Hemi, 
uh, because Jeremy makes it known that his father's father is who told his father this story and his mm-hmm. father told him this story. So his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Yerk named Esplin. Yeah, Esplin. Boy. And we'll fuck with that when we get there because, again, ah. <laughs> unreal. Esplin is so fucking much in this book. Like, Esplin is that person in group chat who makes things horny without meaning to. You know what I mean? God, you're so. You're so right. And you deserve to say it. <laughs> Holy shit, the realization just hit me. You're so right. You're so fucking right. The whole right. time I was reading it, I was like, this is. Is this this is a fetish? You are developing yeah, we, a fetish here. Uh-huh. I had that feeling too of like, is this a is is this just me? No, it's not just you. It's anyone with eyes who who understands these words okay. as they come out of Esplin's okay. sluggy brain. Okay. Ooh, all right. Okay. Well, all right. So that's said. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oof, fuck. Yeah. So uh it starts it starts with uh Aldrea talking about who she is what the hell is going on and well, they it's show about us. they show us also mm-hmm. by the way uh this first flashback is set in 1966 which would be 30 years before the current uh story is taking place um mm-hmm. but we get to see the thing that allowed the yurks to like become a thing we get the scene which... of Ciro's kindness yeah. Yeah, which we've heard the title of and have had Axe mention a couple of times mm-hmm. of Ciro's kindness, but we get to fucking see what that truly was and what that meant. Never did I ever think that I'd be like reading a not even hundred page children's novel, but have had so many war. Every Geneva Convention <laughs> bit was violated in this. Oh book. yeah, totally. So many war crimes. Um, full of war. Crimes. So many war crimes. Full of war crimes. But. There's this fucking Aloran. Is Aloran the same guy that we talked to before? Is this this? Yeah! <laughs> I needed, I wrote down to ask you about it. Because I was like, is this the same Aloran? The yeah. same shit? Aloran Cemetery Harass. Yeah. Ah, oh, mother shit fucker. So, same <laughs> Al. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was wondering if you'd notice this. Well, hey, also, you know how Esplin mm. talks about being a twin and has the lesser twin? Remember Don't when Axe... The- Don't tell me it's him! Don't tell me it's him! Yurk, who helped him send a message? I thought his name was also Esplin! That's why I was confused! <laughs> that was his... <laughs> oh no! Oh no, but that Esplin found has a love. And that Esplin... Is literally mirroring the entirety of this fucking like story with his whole shit of like I am just a yerk and I also love this yerk and I hate I hate him. Oh my god! <laughs> Star Wars could never <laughs> fuck Star Wars. I hate any space thing unless it's this now. <laughs> Welcome. I've to never given world. a single flying no, like- fuck about sci-fi, but this is the true sci-fi bit that is in my heart now. It's isn't it fucking crazy how all of these details are remembered and pop up and like yeah I'm gonna hoot I'm gonna holler I'm gonna moo uncontrollably <laughs> this book got me 
This is why I was like, well, if Nika only wants to read one Animorph book, probably we could do the Hork-Bajir, but I can't imagine it out of context. You know what I mean? Me neither. Yeah. No, I understand now. I understand. Okay. But yeah. Oh, so yeah. Ciro, they're hanging out on the Yurk homeworld and Ciro's dicking around as he does. Aloran shows up and he's like, you're dismissed, you fucking buffoon. He's like, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't yeah, take me out. Sentimental, well-meaning, bullshitting, fucking, you suck. Yeah. You suck. He's like, I hate <laughs> you. The the line of like, I can remove you from command if there's any sort of physical or mental deficit. And he's like, what deficit? And he's like, stupidity, bitch. You have fucked up yes! this badly. That's the same quote that I have as my starting thing of like the, yeah. And I, the stupidity of kindness is actually the thesis. Like that's the theme mm-hmm. kind of, of just what does it mean to anchor your motivations around kindness? Yeah. Also that intelligence does not dictate any kind of superiority. The stupidity of yes. kindness is a far greater thing to have. Than a ruthless yes. intelligence, right? That's fucking. <laughs> You're gonna watch my. F- I'm gonna cry 18 times. Um, <gasps> but yeah, yeah, like fucking yeah. Oh, and then uh, sorry, I'm just I'm I'm going through it. I'm going through <laughs> it. Yeah. So they're talking about all of the the stuff happening with Zero, but it, the, what's interesting is that it's being framed as it's her do- uh, his daughter watching mm-hmm. this. And it's this kind of nuclear family of Andalites. There's yeah. a mother, there's a father, there's a son, there's a daughter. Well, we do see, we see that Andalites operate on, ki- and very nuclear family, like a 50s Americana vibe. The sexism yeah. is apparent. They're like w- girls. And Aldrea also has some like internalized misogyny where she goes, well, I'm not like other Andalite females. I want to be a warrior, not a scientist or a dancer mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, Ugh. like there's... Artists are people who study the clouds and do cloud painting. Ugh, I hate that. I want to stab things. Yeah. Which, valid, girl. You don't have to put down the other Andalite ladies to do that. Yeah. Like, totally valid. But yeah, and then there's that thing of, like, there's the internalized misogyny to me is evident when she is talking and discussing her mother Mm -hmm. and about what her mother does. And she's like, yeah, my mom is a very well-known biologist, but, like, whatever. It's, yeah. Whatever. She does think more highly of her mother than her father. Um, That's but true. that would be hard to not do when the entire... They name a law after your father's gigantic fuck-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And so she and her brother are bullied a ton. Mm-hmm. Just consistently being bullied. Uh, there's a little bit... There's this two-year time skip between Ciro's kindness and then them mm-hmm. being sent to... A different post, basically. Yeah. Um, they're they're done. The entire family is moved to a new planet that has an incredibly long name that I cannot even. I don't. Oh, write it's down. just like a bunch of. They're like, oh, whatever. Red giant dash six four eight numbers letters or what four or whatever. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. But they, it is the Horkbajir planet, and they come to it and their two children have to be taken out of school it's very like lost in space reboot episode one feels like this Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and they're like well i miss all my friends and she's like what friends (laughs) aldrea is so fucking hard and cold immediately and i kind of enjoy i enjoy her a lot as a character it's not to say i agree with all of her actions 
But I definitely, <laughs> same hat, I, I, I definitely don't agree with a lot of her choices and actions. And I think that, honestly, this is, this to me is one of those excellent portrayals of what people miss the mark on on a strong female character, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When people talk about writing strong women, they're like, so you, you have to be this like infallible, or, uh, or perfect, f- like no flaws. I mean, even if they wanted to talk about femme fatales or other other female stereotypes right like other archetypes Mm -hmm. that kind of get really static very quickly and don't hold the imagination yeah Yeah. um she has she's very nuanced yeah she she does a lot of things and every decision she makes is qualified and quantified by all of the things that are surrounding her in story in context like Mm -hmm. every single fucking thing and she uh, displays her personality over and over and over again. Which is also just how the Animorph series is written with its characters. Like, mm-hmm. the, it's just, yeah. they manage to do it and it's real good to see. Real nice to see. It's good shit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, basically the entire family is coping the way that they can. Either by throwing themselves into work as the parents are doing or her brother is just playing video games all day because everyone is depressed here. Yeah, well, the thing, the reason why Ciro was sent here, they're like, oh, you know, we're looking out to see if the Yerks will come to this place because there's some kind of species here. Ha 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 ha. They think the Yerks would have absolutely no interest in them because they're not smart. Mm-hmm. They're not an intelligent species. They do not build or have written language or things that Andalites value. So they're like, why would the Yerks want anything to do with them? Uh, yeah. And, and that's... The planet itself is super fucked up. There's no life in the poles, and the outer atmosphere is disgusting. But there's huge... Mm-hmm. It's 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 a stepped-on gumball with giant, giant cracks getting into the, the core that has giant trees and lots of life and lush, cool things. All just vertical. Yeah. Everything is vertical here. Yeah, this vertical, towering sort of place. And mm-hmm. I... I feel like I, I'm not sure if I got the right image for what was described as like this, the sort of deepness, the, these weird cracks. But I imagine this like cerulean mm-hmm. dark blue smoke, like this yeah. bright sort of like like this royal blue smoke, like just yeah. something that looks so other and shouldn't be there. This gaseous thing, and then you have these massive like redwood ass mm-hmm. trees, but even bigger, and you're just like, wow, odd by this uh and then we get a uh, cut to our our other narrator deck sweet deck S- start of sweet start of deck's Lovely. story he explains deck. that he's a seer who is uh, a hork that is born different mm-hmm. you know more intelligent than others and they mm-hmm. believe that a seer is born when something important is happening and they're going to need someone to lead their people so yep. uh the 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 every Hork-Bajir, his mother, the elders, they all say he is different, and he can tell that there's a sadness in there already, which is powerful. That poor child. It, it's all that needs to be said, and it fucking hits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, mm-hmm. he sees the Andalites land where they can, and he's like, "Well, I'm the seer. I ought to go check this out. Like, if no one else is going to go, he immediately knows he should go." And he goes yeah. with his his little friend Jagil. 
Jigil, I loved this little bit. This is the bit that already made me start crying, mm-hmm. like right away, all caps lock for page 13. I lost <laughs> my mind. Was uh, was Dak showing Jigil a drawing that he had made of him and says, this is a representational, like, this is you. And Jigil goes, that's not me. I'm not the drawing. Like, I'm right here. Why mm-hmm. would you do that? And I was like, oh, no, we're talking about primitive art history in the book, too, now? Yeah. We're going to we're gonna go, we're gonna go right to the fucking Lascaux caves of Nika's heart and tear her apart here? You think I don't cry about cave paintings, like, weekly? <laughs> Shit. F- <laughs> What are you gonna do? I do, I do, and and it, it that that rep that to me was just so beautiful to show Dak's otherness to mm-hmm. his people mm-hmm. is that he has the capacity to understand what representational yeah like creation is, and that's oh my god, uh, oh fucking ready. They make contact. We're in it. Yeah, they make contact, and Aldrea is immediately the one who like bridges the gap and talks to them and gets them to talk enough so they can run their translators. Uh, there's also a really good little foreshadowy moment where Dak is like, Jagil was scared and clearly wanted to run away, but if I didn't run, he wouldn't run. Which, mm-hmm. boy, does that come back Woo! in later. Anyway, Aldrea oh, yeah. points at the sky. He's like, where are you guys from? <laughs> so where are you from? And she points, she's like, you know, out there to a different different star. And he's like, mm pretty sure those are sky flowers they're just in the sky at night and he goes no 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 things that are things that are big and far away appear small and he the fucking galaxies start exploding in his brain he has the epiphany yeah yeah i wrote (laughs) i that's i Yep, I wrote that exact bit down of the exploding seed pod of just mm-hmm. fucking understanding. And it just, it, it initiates his journey of discovery. I also really enjoy that this whole thing between Aldrea and Dak is basically started by her parents just saying, Ah, kids will get along. Mm-hmm. Kids talk to other kids. He's 13, you're 13. Like, you'll, basically, right? Yeah. Like how our parents tried to make us make friends. in oh, the totally. like, yeah. You're both around the same age, despite sharing no commonalities as far as we can see right now. <laughs> Can't talk, talk it out, your kids. And like, that was the thing. But then inevitably, Aldrea and Dak do start just genuinely connecting. Mm-hmm. Although on her part, there's this sense of like, I don't know, it's almost like an experiment for her. Like it's a... She, yeah, she definitely... Well, she's very... <laughs> She's kind. She's cold, you know. She's emotionally very cold, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. She has strong attachments, but she doesn't necessarily express that in feelings, um, mm-hmm. in a way that our other like Andalite voice that we've heard from Axe that doesn't have. Axe is unaware of his own feelings and emotional attachment most of the time. Aldrea is very aware, but very calculating and choosing in yes. how she expresses things and what she does. Right, and that's like it's, well, it's obvious. Even as a that. as a child, she is she, yeah, she is like this. Uh, but that ruthless intelligence mm-hmm. consistently comes into play in regards to her, for sure. We switch to Esplin nine four six six, who is a right fucker, and we find out they never lived on the homeworld. They were born 
in one of these ships or whatever in a in a portable Candrona and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which in an overcrowded pool, which was composed of dead host bodies. These dead like blue monkeys with wrong lopsided limbs and eyes on stalks and stuff. Like I I, I imagine them being very goofy looking and uh, yeah. but just. Of their corpses. Those corpses. They made a pool. Like, this is some fucking H.R. Giger level nightmare shit. It's, it, and it, the thi- again, with the Animorphs way, that is just like a sentence description and then you move on. Mm-hmm. That is not, there is not a lot of time put that into that. It's just, and here's a pool made out of bodies anyway. And you're like, wait a second. Wait a, pump the brakes real quick. The pool made out of bodies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like you do as a yerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he expresses this sort of, like, the the almost longing for, like, there, there's a sort of, I don't know, that, that nostalgia for something that he never had regarding the home planet, regarding this better way. But specifically, it's this, he the opportunity to escape in mm-hmm. having a, a host. It's the, the freedom mm-hmm. that he is waiting for. And he desperately wants to have these experiences mm-hmm. of a completely other existence that he's never experienced. And he's like line in, in number 15 in line of like who gets mm-hmm. to test out riding a ged for 15 minutes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're the training, hell. right? Uh, they're training. Yeah, and it's his first time ever having a host. And they're like... The the experience of sight for the first time for a fully, like, cognitive creature and yeah. touch and every other kind of sensation is overwhelming and addictive, specifically to Esplin, because we find out other Yerks aren't fans of the sensation and ma- it makes them feel ill and uncomfortable to see yeah. that. But him being able to see uh, the world around him and in, in mm-hmm. interact with it in a way that was impossible and, and mm-hmm. is so much for him. And immediately is like, I need to have a good host body. Host bodies are power and also I need that freedom. And he's like, I'm not smart enough to be a scientist. Let's get things straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just real one-off, just like, I know I couldn't do that shit. But I do know that Andalites are the ones we're fighting. And the more I know about them, the better I will be at fighting them. And the yep. fetish is born. You immediately know who this dude is, because who else is going to have this weird Andalite fetish as a yerk? Mm-hmm. He is so fascinated and fixated on the Andalites in a very clearly unhealthy demonstration. Like, they demonstrate that right Even away. just the the... Is it at this point or the next point where he gets the the sensation of sight and is like, oh, but to be an Andalite and to have four eyes and see in all these things. literally immediately. is this point. It's right away. Immediate. It, immediately. Because I, I wrote like, wow, when you have this, this kind of, the idea of sensation itself is so incredible. Mm-hmm. It is a very fun way to remind people to not take shit for granted, which is a cool, yeah. cool little thing. But- 
yeah, he immediately just fucking goes uh, goes yeah. to the Andalites, just says, this is where I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be where the Andalites are. I want to be where the Andalites um, are. Oh, God. Also, I always love that they give the Yurk perspective, or, or the perspective of a parasitic species who is highly mm-hmm. intelligent, who can't, like, in... The only reason they don't go into this as much, but the only reason they can even communicate with each other is because of technology that Ciro made and developed for them. They literally mm-hmm. cannot communicate. They yeah. without host bodies. They get none of the things that like they want and kind of naturally experience in their life cycle because the parasitism a- uh however you say that word, parasitism, parasitism yes, is parasitism. a part of their like you know they're everything their natural function biology their biology it's it's a terrible cursed existence to want to be a social creature and have literally no way to accomplish that yeah ooh, yeah that's a there's a lot this book goes into a lot of shit this book fucks you up there's also a again on a throwaway sentence of bodies. They talk about the other species that the Yurks have claimed or otherwise interacted with, and if the species don't seem to hold anything for them, they'll just kill them all and leave. Yeah, and they'll just leave thousands of whatever mm-hmm. they encounter floating in space. They'll decimate them and leave them because they were of no use to them. Mm-hmm. So, and and that paired with the whole, hey, we made a pool out of the dead bodies means that when they intend to use something, they will use it to its very last. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, we go back to Aldrea, and she's been doing her dad's job. Uh, by talking to Dak and writing reports on it, but she hates it. She feels like she's spying and being dishonest, um, which is hilarious because this is Aldrea we're talking about. She probably just didn't want to do the work, but she does like Dak. Yep. Uh, he, yeah. And her father does not have, doesn't treat the Hork-Bajir with like any dignity or even no. interest, you know? He doesn't care. He doesn't like this work. Meanwhile, her mother is fucking living for it because she's actually... Yep can see a lot of purpose in all of this stuff in a way her father can't. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, they talk about the Yurk exploits. They're... I also like that they bring up different kinds of intelligences and and, mm-hmm. and uh, cerebral, you know, networks and things like that, as opposed to just yeah. the, you know, central brain. Um, because that's why they couldn't use one species, the Ongachik or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And and the Angachik were already like nomads at that point, mm-hmm. so they're just gonna float around space. And also, they, will they were survive. like performers. It was like an Angachik circus or something like that that they yeah just left all of their eight thousand corpses in the in the in the vacuum of space because and that took was the ships. Hadra Hadrabrands. Oh, Hadrabrands. Ha- were the ones that they left out in space, and then the the Angachik were the minstrels. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many more things out here in this this wonderful world. So oh, anyway, Jesus. anyway, but yeah. So they go into a lot of these other space things, and and uh, Aldrea kind of discusses more stuff with her father, but eventually she runs away to go hang out with Dak yeah. and. 
Dak introduces her to this strange, weird, clawed... She's like... I don't know. The way I imagined it was like a blob with claws, but the blob oh, is composed here. of feathers. I pictured it as a like flying squirrel sugar glider with feathers okay. and an extra set of limbs because, you know, the trees, forest. I A Furby. Yeah, like a Furby, but with like a I imagined a Furby fleshy... with very long... Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the flying squirrel wing flaps? Yeah. Essentially flying yeah. squirrel, but blue six-limbed. Um, yeah. But Aldrea is so Shadoo. fucking tired uh, because, <laughs> you know, if you know anything about hoofed beasts other than goats, the Annelites don't like the slopes. It's very tiring for Aldrea. And she's like, wish I could just climb the trees like a hork can. And then she remembers, oh, yeah, I, m- me and my gal pal were messing around and stole her father's or her family's like newly developed morphing weapon technology and just decided Mm -hmm. to use it and no one needs to know it's fine yeah why don't you get me the why don't you get me one of those chadu and uh (laughs) dak does and they're basically tame just like squirrels in uh california that are so fat and disgusting and just want they, they they want for nothing that's the thing Look, the gray squirrels that live in the fucking granary burial ground in Boston, the, or if you're just walking around the common, mm-hmm. they'll just, they'll, they'll, those squirrels will mug you. They're yeah. so fucking aware of what people are and what they hold. They don't, they don't have any fear. They are fat and they want your food. And by God, if they have to steal your wallet to make you go buy them a pretzel, they'll, they'll do it. <laughs> they'll do it. Fucking anyway, to do her like that. They they fear no predators. <laughs> they come right up to Dak, and uh, she acquires it and morphs it, and they do some some tree tumbling. Yeah, she experiences this freedom in being able to bound along through the trees and the branches, and and to go so high up in ways that she genuinely could not before. But also, this is the first sort of moment where there's this weird boundary overstepping uh or actually like this sort of like flaunting of one's power and she introduces deck to to secrets i thought i didn't i didn't see it so much as boundary overstepping as as them actually having a bonding experience because deck doesn't care like if the hork knew they wouldn't care it's just her parents and her family stuff right yeah but also I I, i don't doubt that i don't and i don't think that it was necessarily coming from a place of like any like i don't think she necessarily did it from this sort of manipulative point of view or anything but i think that there is something to be said about um it's that thing of like when a kid sees something that they shouldn't see and you know that you are in the wrong it's there's something a little bit weird about being like like i I don't know it's like this like if it's like when my little cousin (laughs) would see me like drinking and i shouldn't be even though i'm like not that much older right but it's just like no no no. i know what i'm doing and you have to hold this secret even though you don't understand the implications or my actions Mm. and it's it's just it just felt a little weird to me right away uh like i don't think she was doing it to hurt dak or anybody like it was just a fun like thing but there's also this clear thing that dak still isn't at her level like dak still is learning and piecing things together and it just felt 
Uh, it just would. It was a little uncomfortable to be like, God damn, what is he getting into? What is what is that the is fucking? True. How is this going to get a, so much worse? I mean, yes, of course. Uh, I think that yeah, there is there is a sense of boundary. Well, that's the thing too. Wouldn't that also be breaking Ciro's kindness in itself? In that yeah. way, hmm. yeah. But um, she's already transgressing past this law that she fucking resents and hates because well, yeah. it has to do with her father. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, it was it was already, I was like, oh shit, fuck, God. But in this to-do exploration, they she sees Look, something that she's never seen before. Here's the thing also, is, here's the thing before that happens. This is like the point where I was like, oh, they're doing this. They're making this a romance thing. Because Deck is like, if you're truly an Aldrea, then let me show you my world. Which is the most like... <laughs> Disney fucking shit you could possibly oh, yeah. hear. And they go tree surfing, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And he takes her all the way to the tribe tree and, like, climbs up super high. And mm -hmm. she gets to see the deep blue, thick mist at the core of the planet in all of these. James Cameron's avatar could never. <laughs> Sorry, That's God. also true! <laughs> Also of like, true. Oh, let me show you my world, bounding through the forests, and you Look acquired these... my power, like the power of these people and whatever on mm -hmm. my. I thought it was very, it was so very interesting too because it was a perfect mirror of like she had to learn everything. It's not like she morphs all the time. She's going through the mm -hmm. stages of learning how to trust the instincts of the to do the same way that we've seen the animorphs do over and over again, and. She, you know, Dak is the one that basically teaches her this by saying, if you can trust it, it can, it knows what to do. And the fact that all mm -hmm. of how to morph and understand what being like, he taught her how to morph. Mm -hmm. Dak gives her the information she needs in order to be able to do the thing that she has, which mm -hmm. is a lot. Mm -hmm. But yes, they get to the deep. They get to this beautiful, strange, deep. And she's like... That What's in there? Full of terror. And Dak says, "Terror." And there's the fucking chapter cut because boy, mm -hmm. Ka mm -hmm. loves a good a good chapter break. That's for sure. Very good. And we get back to Esplin. It's very good balance of like who's doing what because even when you hop back to somebody else, you're like, "Oh God, what the fuck are the Yurks up to?" Oh no. Well, oh, I mean, what now? isn't that oh, a great geez. terror? And then cut to the Yurks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of course, mm -hmm. of course. He's been studying. He's been fantasizing. He's been doing a lot of uh, Google image searching of Andalites. And other mm -hmm. Yurks are deeply uninterested in his fetish. Right? Yeah. Um, which I think is also an interesting thing that they do come back to in the Yurk storyline with Esplin. Is that, from our perspective, Visser 3 is like a giant doofus who makes a lot mm -hmm. of doofus decisions. And isn't super self-aware and is very destructive. But we see here that in comparison to many other Yerks, Esplin can be very, like, he thinks outside of the box, like actually yeah. takes in new information and is creative in a way a majority of the other militaristic Yerks are not. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. They... they summon Esplin to take a new kind of host body that they found and immediately is like oh hell yeah this shit rips you know this slaps yes. this thing could be dangerous 
we see the the creature's mind fight back, though it is simple, and Esplin gets all like gross and in, into the domination aspect of it, which is once again unfortunately weirdly sexually tinged. I don't think it's it's not overt enough to be like, hey, this is a kid's book, but as an adult, you're right. like, there's some weird things going on here. Yeah, hey, Esplin, you should, like, figure this out with yourself, my dude. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely, right, it doesn't feel gross. It doesn't make you feel like, mm, while reading it, you know? It's just like, oh, Esplin, you've got some fucking unpacked mm-hmm. stuff there that you, that's a, this is a you problem. Yeah. Everything you're doing is a you problem. Mm-hmm. Woofa duffa fucking truly. Ugh. And they're like, what but do you think? A... Could these kill the Andalites? And he's like, yeah, dude, we can kill so many Andalites with this baby. Slaps, slaps, <laughs> slaps the hork Slaps the hork <laughs> It's like, these bodies will be our weapons. And the other guy's like, we will have an empire. Woo, woo. And it's, you know, it's monumental, a very, classic, like, very evil empire mm-hmm. things happening. Very cartoonish. Very yeah. fun. It's a good time. Yeah. These I years. was there when the birth of the Yerk Empire was announced. Just like, <laughs> oh my god. Alright, buckaroo. Chill out. Chill the fuck out. Oh, man. But <sighs> I... Uh, so when, Once you get over the profound constant evil here because i i did write like you know i i hate how evil the yurks are i hate how very very classically terribly evil they are but it's very cool getting into that perspective and being like wow there are motivations and there are differences and and there is some nuance there which is really cool because it's not just at it hasn't been this entire time but it's a little bit less of that mindless bad guy that you just keep seeing over yeah. and over again. Like, it's slowly been building on that overall of the novels. Every and this time one definitely gives you, you the most yeah. in look. You, you get these tastes, you know? You get these little yeah. bits. Can't wait till we get yeah. to a uh, book titled Visser. Anyway. Shut up! Get out of town! <laughs> okay! What? But uh, yeah. yeah. So the, then we, well, then we do manage to cut back to they're doing, um, they're doing like the Horkbajir culture thing. Dak and Andrea, uh, uh, Aldrea. Mm-hmm. I just want to call her Andrea because that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, letter replacement. Move yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, he's like, these are our violin trees that we talk to each other. Uh, Which is so, so good, sweet. so good. Love so this world good. building once again, James Cameron. What have you done? Nothing. Nothing. Could never. Could never. Uh, and, and they're like, oh, we're hearing this message. Oh, two have been taken to the deep. How unfortunate. But by different monsters that are small, lopsided, ugly monkey things. Right? And Aldrea's like, ooh, mm-hmm. fuck. Dak immediately notices and goes, so what's going on? Like, I can tell what's what's happening. What are you scared of? She goes, wow, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. And he goes, y- you do know. You just don't know if it's happening or not and she immediately yeah, is like i loved this bit you could join any school you wanted you're so smart you just keep impressing me dak and he's like yeah, yeah. thanks but like that's not an answer to my question you are still avoiding the question <laughs> thank you yes i know i'm smart and i'm smart enough to know when you're fucking deflecting mm-hmm. stop that and talk to me if we're friends be better let's go what's happening i loved that bit so much oh. i loved it so much so fun so good so good 
Yep. And so Aldrea does say like, hey, so those do remind me of the Geds uh, because, you know, their legs are different sizes Mm -hmm. and we could never figure out why they're like that. Um, But turns out just, you know, maybe don't freak out about this, but the Geds were completely consumed by this parasitic race uh, called the Yerks. And uh, they're here now. They're here now. That's uh, that's what this means. That's what this means for us. Well, before she gets, she realizes, oh, they're in space. This is about the time my dad sends a sends his nightly report into space. They're gonna know we're here, and they're gonna kill all of us. So there's an immediate like urgency. They need to run and go alert. Aldrea needs to alert her family. But we cut back to fucking Esplin, and he's just right. He's loving the new Hork Bajir body. Loves sight. It's super into uh, the sensation of sight. Uh, we get introduced to a Yurk named Charger. Hey Charger, what are you, you goofy? Who <laughs> I I wanted to be really goofy about this, and I was pronouncing it in my head because I was like, I'm not gonna say Charger. I'm gonna call him Carje. Carje, Carje, Carje. Yeah, Carje. Like I was like, I want to make this sound stupid, but his name literally is just Charger, Charger because his entire personality is just like, Rob, I'm gonna fucking get. <laughs> Let's murder. And Esplin is like, get him, bros. That guy is so fucking violent and stupidly ambitious which is a wild ac- accusation from fucking esplin are you kidding me esplin this is the esplin, most pot you? kettle black situation my my guy my dude my yep. my all evil all slug charger man. wants to do is rise through the ranks and be in power Ugh. Ugh. anyway here's my plan on rising through the ranks to be in power. can't wait to kill him and just really get <laughs> off on the domination aspect of it I believe this is also the first time, though, that we see that there is something called viscers and subviscers. Oh, yeah. They start getting into the hierarchy of the Yurk structure because mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing before, but now it's evolving and that's there. It's neat. I like, I like details. That, like that. this bit, you know, fucking almost uh, halfway through the book, this is the bit when I was like, oh, this is Viscer 3. Oh, I get <laughs> yeah. it. It yeah. took me a bit because I was just like, all right, What's who's fair? this fucking guy? Why would you remember and then we get to you know yeah well then and then we get here and he's like i want to be a visser and i was like oh yeah oh i know who you are yeah i know how you accomplished your shitty little dreams you (laughs) disgusting man (laughs) uh so charger and esplin are in charge of uh destroying the andalite scoop their little structure settlement thing that they live in Mm -hmm. and esplin's like we should wait until the fourth andalite shows up and Charger's like, yeah. just blow them up. It's fine. They're indoors. And he's like, um, actually, Andalites don't Our enjoy indicate- being indoors unless they're on a spacecraft yeah. because they prefer wide open areas. If they don't have the sky over them and if they're confined by walls, they don't feel safe. And Charger's don't like, don't you know Ugh. that Andalites really just enjoy the feeling of the wind? On their eye stalks and the way that they run through the ground with their hooves. You How dare you suggest one would be indoors? Fur. They're just so beautiful. And also, have you seen their legs? They're long. They're impressive. They're muscular. This isn't a thing. Stop talking to me about it. My name is Esplin. <laughs> Esplin, please. Uh, that's essentially what uh, Charger Carger, whatever, was like. And it's. And he's like, okay, all right, you need to calm down, buddy. Just kill them. Uh, We cut back to Aldrea, seeing her family die, feeling the wave of heat hit her face, the concussive blasts from these fucking things destroying her parents and her brother. It's a very 
classic movie moment too. Yeah. Like I saw it perfectly in my head mm-hmm. of like behind this massive like cops of trees these two are hiding behind this building sized mm-hmm. tree and just poking out and this classic like arm reaching out as she just watches everything that she knew in an instant in a fucking blink this is another one of those things that is done so well where it's just so much um mm-hmm. onomatopoeia it's the two two of the shooting of mm-hmm. the guns and you can just it takes up a lot of space on the page and there's just screaming Mm-hmm. And um, she's screaming. It turns out she's the one that's mm-hmm. screaming. It's so much, so fast, and it all turns to molten metal like that. Mm-hmm. There is no fucking time between when she shows up and she just watches her entire family die. Yeah, and she's losing it. She's trying to run out into the open, and Dak holds her back, and she tries to cut the shit out of him. With her tail blade, which they say is much smaller than a, mm-hmm. it's, they compare it to a scalpel compared to the, like, scorpion tail of a yeah. male andalite. She's like, all right, sexual dimorphism, fine, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she's like, oh, I cut off part of it. She cuts off part of his fucking blade, part of his mm-hmm. wrist blade here. She does permanent mm-hmm. damage to Dak. Uh, and Dak is like, I don't understand weapons or death in this way. Please, Aldrea, help me understand this. And her response is like, I'll help you kill them all, because that's what we're going to do now. We're going to kill all of them. And she, yeah. she's lost it. She's just McFucking lost it. Yeah, she, this is, this is just the, this is what happens, this is what happens when that ruthless intellect finds purpose. Yeah. When when the ruthless inter uh, the ruthless intellect doesn't understand and can't handle its emotional response, it goes yeah. haywire. Yeah, because from here on out, every decision that she makes and every move, it's like it's like it's a game of evil mm-hmm. chess of just everything she does is serving this goal mm-hmm. of revenge in some way. Um. And you realize that that goal of of vengeance piggybacks off of her desire to be successful as Mm -hmm. an Andalite warrior. Mm -hmm. And that all of the things that we have been learning about her childhood are just building up to who she is becoming Mm -hmm. here. Everything is linked and and together in this way, which is very brilliantly done, uh, but also heartbreaking to watch, right? Yeah. Because just like, this is a kid who literally never got a chance. Like, her father did this, and she was punished for it. Her whole family were social pariahs, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. just part of what happened. She was basically exiled to this mm-hmm. planet where she made a single friend, and then uh, the same thing that they blame her father for came back and killed them. Mm-hmm. And she has been wanting to take revenge on this slight against her for so long, and now it is this overwhelming pressure yeah. and force because she yeah has had even more loss. Well, brilliantly, it's just a it's amazing how all of these characters are foils of each other, mm-hmm. um, and how the weird like the little theme of every these are all people that are different in some little way. You know, well, sometimes Dak very big ways, but Esplit also similar or, in big ways. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's just like that that oh this person this particular member mm-hmm. of this species mm-hmm. this individual is different with a capital yeah. d and this is how they're affecting yeah. the outcome of fucking everything and that's whoo it's so good it's so fucking good look i'm trying so good i'm consistently trying to convince people to read animorphs even if i know it'll never take i'm on this train now (laughs) i'm here i just want people to read hork bajir chronicles and see how fucking how incredible thematic purpose is and how like a conscious effort towards that makes everything just sing it seems so weird to say you just have to read these 15 novels, but fuck, sit down, <laughs> read these 15 novels, and you're you're going to get it, I promise. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so Dak is reeling from this yerk attack, right? He doesn't understand yeah. it. And Esplin and Charger, Carger, Kajel comes <laughs> up to them and is Dak's like, don't be afraid. And they're like, we're not, right? And they both attack, and they try yep. to kill Dak and Aldrea. They both, but when they team up on Aldrea, Dak is like spacing out, looking at the knives on his body, just like oh, sharp, right? Because well, Cut. he just saw them he, use the sharp. Yeah, he has never, he has another fucked up epiphany of cutting for harm, cutting not trees. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Not for bark, not for thick bark, but cutting other hork bajir because both Charger mm-hmm. and Esplin are in hork bajir like yeah. meat suits, right? Like that's yeah. that's what it is. Is those are hork bajir, and, and yeah, he has that terrible, terrible epiphany of I the way they put it use this. Yeah, the way they put it is he finally sees himself as powerful, which is. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's a lot. A lot to unpack. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot for deck. That's a lot for anybody. But also, you know, the way power is so all-encompassing and how it can mean physical prowess, but also the fact that he is the seer as well and he understands Mm -hmm. these things intrinsically. Like, there's all kinds of, man, boy. Anyway, he loses his mind and he cuts uh, Esplin's spine in half and Charger Charger runs away and uh, he grabs the shredder uh, or, yeah. or, or Geds start chasing them down, and they run into the forest. Uh, we switch yeah. to Aldrea's perspective, and she finally gives him the breakdown on what happened with the Yurks and her history with them. And Dak yeah. immediately gets both why they didn't care about the hork He understands that they, the, that uh, Andalites see them as below them in so many ways. Yeah. This is the first discussion that Dak and Aldrea have about how, like, Dak comes to realize that the Andalites and the Yerks, suppose, well, not the Yerks, but the Andalites definitely wrote off the hork because they were a stupid species. Mm -hmm. And then they assumed that the Yerks would write them off for a similar reason. Mm -hmm. That they are not intelligent and that it's, it's so much because... Aldrea also realizes, as Dak says, like, hey. Dak understands the Yurk perspective of why they yeah. rebelled, why they killed the Andalites, and why they wanted all of the things they want. He's like, well, yeah. you showed them a bigger world and then didn't want them to be a part of it. And from Aldrea, yeah. Aldrea immediately goes to like, of course he wanted to be an Andalite, which is not the point, Aldrea, but that's a very Andalite yep. thing of her to say. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's jealous. Oh, wants to be like us 
Yes, and we're it's so- like, uh, yeah, no shit. In that, yes, your your incredible technological advancements, the gifts that you have that other people don't. Yes, these are desirable things, and the fact that you show them off and interfere with us in that way is frustrating and and whatever, yeah. you know. In this same conversation is when Aldrea's like, you know, oh, you can convince them to fight. You can fight against the Yerks. Hork-Bajir, you, you did it, Dak. You can convince others to do the same thing and kill people, right? And Dak mm-hmm. tells her, between being a killer and a slave, both would destroy my people. Giving them the things you Andalites have shown me would end with this kind of life. Or, or would yeah. destroy this kind of life. And that's fucked up. That's the. I feel like, well, <sighs> realistically, the only reason that Dak can make what choices he makes in the future is because it's already lost. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the fact that the Hork Bajir are this already influence lost is already gone. It's right? already gone. They've already been contacted. Like this, Star Trek could never. Um... <laughs> Innocence lost. Pardon me. Fucking, Innocence lost. It's incredible. Narrative? Yeah. But he, yeah, but he's, and he asks her, like, you want me to be a killer? You Mm -hmm. want me to do this? You want to, you want this to be my purpose for you? Yep. And she, without fucking hesitation, she (laughs) says, yeah, if it's necessary. She goes, yeah, kill rather than be a slave. You've already killed. Don't worry. Why would you, why would you do anything else? Make them warriors. Make them the warriors they can be. And Aldrea immediately notices that Dak has contempt and disappointment for her. They are always aware of what the other is feeling. It is not subtle. It is Uh, not. They are close. They they understand each other in a way that's very intense. Um, Yeah. Boy, that toxic romance, right? That toxic, toxic relationship. Yeah. It's so toxic because she outright says, like, would I make the entirety of the Hork-Bajir... A race of killers to stop the Yerks. Yes, a thousand mm-hmm. times over. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Just cold. Also, mirrors other thing mirrors things Marco has said about uh when they had a similar conversation about the chi with Eric. This is this is this is when I lost my fucking shit. And I was like, I am seeing such a similarity for the the androids and the chi of like what so this is what this is what i want to say earlier page fucking two when we were originally talking about zero's kindness way back when i wrote not sure what the end statement here is going to be everything is a nice shade of morally uh, like gray Mm -hmm. in a very well done way but i wrote that's just life isn't it like is kindness good do some things deserve chances regardless of the terrible consequences that you might not foresee is it worth it to be kind and Mm -hmm. not know if that'll bite you in the ass or is it better to err on the side of of caution do do things deserve chances do species deserve a a, Mm -hmm. a, uplifting if you know but even if you don't know like but mm-hmm. but also certain certain races we like fucking elemists do know and they still interfere. So you have all these fucking moving parts of things interfering with other things and making it something else. And mm-hmm. there's no better and there's no worse. It's just different now. And yeah. that is what it is. And that's what happened with the androids and 
the fact that Eric has to carry this entire burden and knows he will never place that ever on his people ever because he has experienced in a mm-hmm. fucking split second what it means to just utterly destroy. From our, <laughs> and, and that is holy fucking shit. Like, God, this <laughs> keeps getting so many, like an onion, there's layers. <laughs> like a bok choy, there's layers of fresh like veg. A... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, at this point, right after this real fucked up meeting of the minds and and very different understandings of what's actually taking place and what's being lost here, Deck thinks, oh, I have to go warn my people. I have to go tell them. And Aldrea's like, no, they're after us. We need to run away, you know, like a liar does. And uh, they get chased by these Geds and uh, I think a few Hork-Bajir as well. Into the mm-hmm. deep, into the blue mist, finally. That's been alluded to slightly for the past 50 pages. Because yep. that's about how far we are into this boat. This boat. Halfway this through. Book, this boke. This boke. <laughs> this boke. Yeah. Hey, this here boke. Oh, God. But yeah, so this is this is about the halfway point. Uh, this is where we're going to cut it for this episode, too. Because mm-hmm. guess what? It only ramps up from here. Unsurprising. Yeah. This is an Animorphs novel. <laughs> but it's just going to get so much worse. So yeah. tune in next yeah. time and uh, cry a little more. Because God knows I will. Yeah. Catch Ooh, up. But- read your Sun Tzu. Get back to us. Yep. We'll see you Get next back week. To yeah. Yeah. Have a good See one. you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We hope you had as good of a time as we did. First off, let's all thank K.A. Applegate, Michael Grant, and Scholastic Books for their extremely fun and dramatic children's series, Animorphs. You can find links to get your own copies of Animorphs in the episode footnotes. We'd also like to thank our friend Matt for making our intro and outro music. You can find him at NiceWizardMusic on Twitter. Check him out. Hit him up. Make him slap the bass. And, of course, if you'd like to send us comments and get updates on episode releases, you can follow the Lit Kid Lit Twitter at LitKidPod. Or, if you'd like to follow us individually, you can follow me, Kara, at Bishojo World, or Nika at Gossamer Owl. That's Bishojo with a U and Gossamer with two S's. You can also email us at LitKidLitPod at gmail.com. You know, it's a, it's a good classic Gmail. All right, <laughs> bye! bye. Yeah, that's the that's the mind like mind mm-hmm. impression I got. <laughs> mind <eye>. impression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the strange moving picture I saw behind my eyelids while I read. All right, you fucking Nika, are you an alien now? Jesus if I open Christ. the lampshade on my forehead, you can take if a I look really, in and see this mind. If picture. I really focus on the shadows on this cave wall, I'll really ah, get this perfect yeah, there fucking. You go. <laughs> Back to the Hellenistic memes, kids. Yep. All right. You know, if you know anything about hoofed beasts other than ghosts, uh, ghosts, other than goats, I mean, let's talk about hoofed ghosts sometime. Have I got stories to tell? I don't. Hey, Kara, is that your only experience with hoofed beasts? Holy shit. Other than- <laughs> Other than hoofed ghosts. Other than ghosts. Yeah, the Annalite's... This is like the world's most aggressive ad read right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Korean Animorphs or I'm going to fucking cut you. Uh, if only uh, it was that easy. If only it was that yeah. easy. You'd have read them years ago. 